Today's Hope FM Breakfast Show is brought to you by Ace Office. For business supplies and office furnishing, visit ace-office.co.uk. Well, I posed you a question there a moment or two ago. Uh, do you know what an organisation called Deed is all about? Well, I'm pleased to say that Louise Boston Mama is joining me. Now, good morning to you, Louise. Morning. Yeah, I hope that you had your battle storm gear on this morning, fighting through all this weather. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It is unbelievable. I just about made it through the storm and the wind and the rain and the dark. Now the clocks have changed. It's even, it's even worse, oh, isn't it? Oh, tell me about that. So, Louise, indeed, I must say that, that you know, um, several people talked to me about your organisation, but up until them talking to me about it, I'd never heard of it. Tell us, first of all, what is Deed? Deed is an educational charity. We're local, so we cover Dorset, we cover Bournemouth, Christchurch and Paul. And really, we were set up, we've been running for years, we've been running for over 20 years. And we were really set up to help people understand about the wider world, about their connections with different people and different places places, how their community was changing and how the world was changing and how they could make the world a better place, really. So we talk about fairness, we talk about justice, we talk about the environment, we talk about equality, we talk about children's rights. So we have that all as part of the work we do and we work with loads of different people in the community. And of course, you used to be just East Dorset. Now, of course, now it's the whole of Dorset, whatever. But a very small, how many folk are in your team? So we're a very small team. There are three of us, all part time. But we do work with a range of volunteers, our fantastic board of trustees. And we have consultants that we work with in the community that we work with when we do all sorts of different projects that we get funded by a whole range of different funders. Now, obviously, uh, today in the news, it's all about uh, uh, you immigrants coming in and, and crossing the channel and it's all doom and gloom and then of course the conditions that they 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 meet here uh, are these the sorts because obviously all of these things very highly charged emotionally mm. and i guess that that people can very very quickly get into camps are those the sorts of things that you're called in to help educate with mm. it's really interesting that you mentioned that because only just a couple of weeks ago i was working with mudderford junior school just down the road in christchurch and they really understand that they really feel that their children that they work with just get the doom and gloom picture and they work they called us in really to work and do a, a workshop about refugee role models because often what gets lost in the news is the human story and what we do with the children and young people we talk about the human story behind refugees and we get them to look at and find out about all the different people who've come all the, that were refugees their personal story and actually when they came here how they were supported and helped and actually how they made a huge difference such as Marks from Marks and Spencers. You know, there's a lot of a lot of people around who come from awful circumstances, come here, find a home here, and then want to give back to this country and want to employ people, start businesses, represent the country in international sports and and, and give back. And that's what we really want to tell. To the, and, and help the young people and children to learn. So it was a fantastic, and the children at Mudderford, they asked me, just year fours, you know, they're only eight or nine. So what sort of questions did they ask And you? they asked me all sorts of questions about who these people are and why are they here and what made them come here and um, how old they were when they came here and uh, what did they do and, and where were their mums and dads? You know, it, some of it is actually quite poignant and heartbreaking because mm. you think... 
why did their mums and dads not come with them? And why why did they come with strangers? And, are, you know, we're told not to go with strangers, but some of them end up going. So it's all like the personal story. Mm-hmm. And they're very, very open to it. And that's why we love working with children and young people, really. Because at that stage, they're really open. They get a lot of things on the news and they get a lot of information. But the school is there almost like a facilitator to give them information from all sorts of different sources. So from me, from Newsround, from whatever they they find out and just to build their own picture but I think what we really pride ourselves on it indeed is is telling the human story and that crosses a lot of our work that we do and I suppose really all of us as children should have been educated in, in that way now what 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 have been the most difficult situations that you've had to deal with you know I mean obviously as people get older sometimes they can get a little bit hardened and dare I say become quite prejudiced you know mm. there's a lot of that Around. Now, I'd like to think that in multicultural Britain, there's less of that, but we mm. know that's not always the case. For you, what's been the most difficult? I think what one of the projects we did was, a, was an interfaith project. And we took a team of people from different faiths, Jewish faith, Muslim faith, Buddhist, um, uh, uh, Anglican, and a humanist, and we took them into schools really to talk through prejudices to talk through and have children, young um, young people older this time ask them about questions and a lot it was really interesting because a lot of people come with preconceived ideas of what it might mean to be Jewish or what it might mean to be Muslim and that they you could see them by having these conversations breaking those prejudices down so you have this era of hope in primary school and everyone's really open and then you start getting these things starting to set in when they get older and when you talk in in secondaries often it is a little bit about challenging what they're getting on their phones what the social media is telling them what other people are telling them and actually talking to real people about what it means to be these things and to challenge those stereotypes that they're not all terrorists, that they're not all this and that and the other is really, really important. And that has been that has been um, quite challenging, but we found ways of having, you know, conversations to try and safely talk through where that all comes from, really. So do you think that the children in that case who were cross-examining the people from the different faith backgrounds and so on were themselves the challengers asking those questions? I think they were, and I think they enjoyed being in that position because often they get told information, but actually they were being really active and asking quite challenging questions to a lot of of our community faith representatives, and they almost had to sort of justify what they were feeling, what their beliefs said, how they behaved. And I think that empowered them, really. Mm. I think they enjoyed that process of having that. Of course, there can be a lot of fear, can't there? And and, and I guess with fear, insecurity, you know, you can be Mm. comfortable in your own skin and in your beliefs. But I I, I guess it's quite sad, isn't it, where you can't encounter people who have totally different beliefs maybe to yourself. Mm. Uh, And I suppose that that whole idea of understanding and tolerance, Mm. even though you're not embracing, Mm. you know, but... uh, and that's precious in society, isn't it? It certainly is. And, and trying to find the similarities as people. And that's another message that we try and send out is that we are all one race. We are all just part of the human race. And we have such similarities, whether you're coming on a boat across the channel you still love your family you still want to make the world a better place you still want safety and home and you know there's lots of things between us all that we do share Mm. and it's trying to 
remind people of that really and that we are however different we are however different we are faith or looking or experience in life our values what matters to us is still very similar as as people this is hope fm Well, that's uh, hanging on a string there from uh, Loose Ends. My very special guest today is Louise uh, Boston uh, Mama. And if you're whirling in, that's a strange name. Well, of course, your family come originally from Sierra Leone. Yes, that's and, right. Uh, but mum mom was born in this country? Yes, mum is from Leeds up in uh, Yorkshire. And but my father's side of the family are from Freetown, Sierra Leone. So yes, I'm I'm mixed heritage, and that's a very common experience for a lot of people, especially around in this this parts. And one thing we do talk about is how common it is for people to meet and to move and to go from one place and to go to the other place and then to settle so we you know my family history is a bit all over the place we don't have a sister (laughs) that lives in holland so you know my other sister lives here so So we are quite an international family you've got a good excuse to be a globe trotter (laughs) having said that i mean you did say that obviously the society that we live in multicultural britain uh, now is a real blend of of nationalities and cultures and so on and and, uh, do you think Britain has taken well to that environment are we still learning I think everyone's still learning isn't it you go through phases don't you it's it's interesting you think oh we're always getting better we're always getting better so we're always learning we're always progressing but actually we sort of learned that really in this last few years that things go in cycles almost and things go up and down and I think world events affect things so you know when something happens overseas or when something happens abroad and that we feel it at home whether for the good or for the bad and it has repercussions around how people feel so you can have ups and downs in relationships Mm -hmm. and ups and downs with communities that might be sort of you know vilified a little bit because of something that's happened and we have to try and reconcile that with actually that's not everybody who looks like that or believes in that is that type of person. And that's yeah. a lot of the message that we give out when we talk to schools mm-hmm. is that not everybody is that person. It becomes like a stereotype or a label. And actually, we're, we're more than that. So we're being manipulated to a certain degree by media mm. and about what we're reading and so mm. on. I mean, obviously, very tragically over the weekend, you know, we saw those terrible events coming out of Seoul, Korea. And, mm. and, and then also, of course, then in India, mm. you know, with the collapse of the suspension bridge. But there's something, and even, of course, Ukraine. Mm. Um, but... Uh, these things, of course, do connect us, mm. and sadly through tragedy, mm. you know. But but actually, is it is it interesting how people rise up mm. whenever they see the pain in other in other people from other countries? Mm, absolutely, so. and that it's really important to have that sort of empathy with other people and to empathise with other people's situations, even though you haven't experienced it yourself. That's another thing that we encourage people to learn about is to have empathy with other people's situations. So that they can understand why things happen and they can understand why um, people are sad or they can understand why people move or they can understand, you know, why people's attitudes are from there, where they have what they've been through and that's really important. And we Mm -hmm. Britain has a lot of communities from around the world living here. 
like in India or in South Korea or when disasters happen in Ukraine, and and they the people locally have that connection. We you know we we build an empathy with what they are feeling because they might have family that's been directly affected by the what's going on. Well, of course, even with Ukraine, obviously just Castle Point's just a stone throw from where we are at the moment. But of course, they have a huge warehouse which actually can't contain the amount of mm. of goods coming from the generosity of people mm. you know who are, who are identifying with that particular mm. you know challenge in, in the world you've got a small team and you've mm. got lots of projects how do you how do you know what projects to come up with it's inc- it's incredible really we we work although we're small there's me there's my colleague sarah wise and she's really interested in the environment and the community and about getting us to look after our planet more and then we have abby who holds us all together by holding the office together holding all our sort of admin together and we've worked together for years and between us and the people that we work with there's always a project that needs doing in a way there's always something we could think of and they're twiddling our thumbs actually we're never twiddling our thumbs there's always work to be done now obviously all of this work and very essential work takes money it takes Mm. resources how do you how do how does it come your way do do people Give you? Do they pay you for for coming mm. into schools and so on? Yes. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's incredibly um, heartwarming that schools will actually pay us for the work that we do. If we can, we get project funding so that we can offer our services free or subsidised to people. So the project will pay and we can offer because we understand that schools don't have the budget, the organisations don't have the budget. So we do, people can pay and and Russell Coates has just paid to have our uh, Dorset Hidden Histories exhibition up for the whole of Black History Month. And that's absolutely fantastic. But for schools and other organisations which, you know, find it a struggle, we do try and get project funding in. And that is hard work. And you have to go to a whole variety of funders. We used to have quite solid funders, really, but they change and they go. And we used to have EU as a funder and it goes. And, you know, the circumstances and the politics around what we do changes so much. The council used, you know, used to fund us, but that goes. Things change all the time. So we are constantly looking for funding from different sources. And, of course, although the, the funding's up and down, the need ironically increases doesn't it yes and it, and again in this sort of up and down it can increase not sort of exponentially or it can not just be steady it can be really up like you know when the ukraine crisis it can suddenly explode cost of living crisis suddenly explodes that this sudden need is there as well so you know it, it's it's difficult to manage it but that's what we know what, what's what we spend our time doing really. now you're obviously very passionate about all that you do and and it covers a whole range of things is there one particular thing that really gets you going you know i mean you said your colleague is very much into green things uh you know and, and ecology i i was thinking of prince charles you know because there was a television program and saying you remember everybody thought he was a bit of a fruitcake yeah and, uh, of course now they don't think that do they yeah absolutely no she yeah she's very keen on that sort of thing and i'm my passion project i suppose is black history and we've just come off the back of black history month and we do a lot of work at deed around black history and black heritage 
heritage, endorse it and keeping it really local. We often find it sort of becomes like an American story or but we want people to find out their own local connection to black history and about celebrating people who've lived here, not just recently, um, not even just from the 70s like we were, but, um, you know, way back, a couple of hundred years back, the Victorians that were here, the Edwardians that were here and to understand that actually people have been here for a, a lo- much longer than maybe we think they have. So you're a bit of a historian as well. I am a bit of a historian. That's my, that is my definite passion, absolutely. <laughs> I suppose the thing is, are we learning, Louise? I mean, if we, it, I mean, many mistakes in the past. And of course, there's a lot of, there has been a lot of angry people around, haven't mm. we? We've seen all the pulling down of statues and the slave trade, all the stuff you know, that we've seen on our television. But of course, often a lot of this comes out of very real pain, doesn't mm. it? And injustice. Absolutely. And it does. And that's why people get frustrated and they get angry. And it comes from sort of trying to do things the right way, trying to petition, trying to, um, you know, put it to put it to their local MP and and trying to campaign and trying to do peaceful. Camp- but sometimes it can um, over because people are so frustrated and I think we do we are learning but maybe how we think we traditionally learn is changing you know we learn in so many different ways these days and I think you know we are lifelong learners now it's not just school's Mm. job to learn and we course, can learn whenever we've got access I mean, via the internet via radio and television mm. multiple channels I mean there's no and it's interesting isn't it that with all of that we're still a bit ignorant aren't we mm, absolutely because partly it's about you and being open to learning and I think if we can all open our minds and our hearts to learning we can change this is Hope FM